pleasant good morning to everyone. Welcome to this week's edition of the Carlos Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. Coming up today on the guest menu for March the 4th, 2023, Charles Edmond will join me. Followed by Charles Edmond will be Coach Van Petaway. And then last but not least will be Willer Brown. Here's what's trending on the Carlos Brown Show. The final day of the SWAC basketball regular season is finally here. Seeding purposes, regular season champion will be determined. Will there be co-champions? We shall see. Charles Edmund will dive into all of those perspectives, and we look forward to hearing about what he feels will happen, what he believes will happen. Also, who wins the upcoming 2023 SWAC basketball tournament? Scheduled March the 8th through the 11th in the Bartow Arena in Birmingham, Alabama. Southern football gets started this upcoming Thursday with spring football practice. Who will be number one going into spring practice? Who will be the number quarterback, number one quarterback after spring practice is over with? Noah Bolden, uh, Dalen Mahotra. Also, Devin Cotton returns, defensive lineman, who's been out for a year for Southern University. So a lot of questions and hopefully some answers will be for us at the end of spring practice. Also, timing rule changes proposed in college football. We're going to get a little bit into that. Uh, Want to speed up uh, college football so you won't uh, be at a game? three to four hours in some cases, but the NCAA committee believes that putting forth these changes will make the product better and speed up the game. I wonder how the fans will feel about that. It'll be interesting. Uh, Southern University Baseball there in the South Alabama tournament uh, lost yesterday 20 to eight to Iowa. Iowa, Pepperdine in South Alabama uh, is in the tournament and the Southern Jaguars lost their home opener in baseball, 10 to three to McNeese State. The guest menu, Charles Edmund, Coach Van Petaway, and Willer Brown. Now we'll be joined by Charles Edmund of the Alcorn State Radio Network. Charles, good morning to you. Good morning from Pine Bluff. It's the final day of the regular season. How you doing? I'm doing fine. I, I, I want to see after uh, today's set of games what's going to happen. Co-champions, possibility, regular season, Grambling State and Alcorn. But if I'm not mistaken, Alcorn will get the number one seed, Charles, if both teams win today. Okay. Then seeding purposes. In just a minute, we'll, we'll take a, a look um, at – the standings both on the women's and the men's side, but wow, you said, along with Coach Van Petaway, that it would come down to the final regular season game in the Southwest Athletic Conference. It has been a very exciting season in 2023 in the conference play. In conference play. It has. It has. There have been some teams that started out red hot and fizzled on the men's side, case in point, UAPB. You know, they were pushing for the top of the league five weeks ago, and now 
you know, they got to win and get help from both Bama State and Bethune-Cookman losing for them to get in. They may not make it. Um, you know, the Braves and Grambling toe-to-toe here over the last week um, in terms of who's going to be the outright regular season champs or will there be co-champs? That's a possibility. If the Braves win, Grambling win. If we lose, Grambling loses. Uh, there'll be co-champs or we can win it outright with a win and a Grambling loss or Grambling can win it outright with a win and an Alcorn loss. So that that will be very intriguing to see how this will go. Uh, it won't be easy here at Pine Bluff. I can tell you that. You got two of the top scorers in the league and Dawson Milton. It's their senior day. I know they're a little bit frustrated because you know they probably won't make the tournament. A lot has to happen that's out of their control. Um, but it's going to be a tough place here at the Clemens Arena to play and win. And you look at UAPB, they've had their moments, and defensively they can they can slow you down. So I think this will not be an easy out today. If the Braves do win this game, they definitely will earn it. We'll see what happens there. Grambling's at home, Bama State. Um, you know, you saw the game, Southern and Bama State the other day. I don't know if Bama State's kind of packed it in, but you figure Grambling's going to handle their business at home. And so the Braves have to get it done if, if they want to be, you know, if they want to repeat as regular season champs or share it, whatever the case. So it's going to be intriguing to see. And, and really, you know, you look at Southern, you look at Southern right now, Carlos, they're in the tie for third place with Jackson State. They have the tiebreaker on Jackson State because they beat them in the only regular season meeting. And that's generating right. some conversation, too, on social media where we need to go back to the old format of playing everybody twice. Not going to happen. Not going to happen with with Bethune and FAMU coming in. I was told that this is the format. The teams we play once, we're going to play once for the foreseeable future. The teams we play twice, we'll be playing twice. There will be a rotation of the schedule, which I thought might happen, but I was told the other day that who we play once is who you play once, and who you play twice is who you play twice, and it won't flip-flop around, at least not, not right now. But Southern could lock up a three seed with the win. They'll finish no worse than a four. They could finish as high as a three. And uh, we'll see how that goes today as Southern takes on uh, Alabama A&M. Jackson playing Valley tonight. It's Valley's last home game. They're not going to make the tournament. That's not going to be an easy out there up there at the Mississippi Valley. So there'll be some moving pieces, I'm sure. And uh, I don't know, you know, other than the top and the bottom with Bethune-Cookman maybe perhaps trying to get in. Um, you got UAPB Bama State on the outside looking in. You know, for seeding purposes, I don't know if it matters to coaches other than the top and at the bottom. You know, does Sean Woods care if it's a three seed or a four seed? I think it's a disappointing year for Southern in the conference, nonetheless, because of the struggles that they've had. Mo Williams, first year at Jackson State. You got Prairie View that struggled. So, I, you know, for seeding purposes, I don't know, you know, for the middle down, you know, three, four, five, six, I don't know if it matters to those coaches. They just want to be healthy and maybe playing their best ball going into the tournament. So I don't know. I don't know how that how they think about that, but I think at the top and at the bottom, I think it'll be intriguing to see how it how it shakes out. I'm looking forward to it. And, and you know, uh, just talking with um, some Southern Knights, uh, you know, I, I think the only thing that can make some some happy is a, a deep run in the tournament, um, because if you look at the last three years, two specifically. This team gets out to a great start. They're leading in the conference or near the top. And then when February comes, it's just been been disastrous to some. 
not a good February. That's not just an opinion. It's just, it is what it is as far as facts. And so at this point, how important is it for uh, Coach Woods and Coach Funches to make a deep run into the tournament? And then it brings up the question, you know, at, at every at the end of every season, when it's over, it's over. Then you kind of do an evaluation period. Now, speaking to some uh, Jaguar Nation members, they're, they're looking for, for a change. But that decision will be left up to A.D. Banks, and I'm sure he'll do a thorough assessment of, of at, at the end of the season. And, and make a, a decision which way he wants to go. Now, if they're back, and, and I guess we look at it that they will be back, then what um, stipulations will they be under? What benchmarks will they have to meet? But, you know, fans are, are fans, and, and they have a short memory, and they don't have a lot of patience. So let's see if Southern University, both on the men and women's side, can make a run deep into the tournament. Now, my opinion, Charles, if and, and I said it early on before conference play started, for me, Southern has to make it to the championship game. Whether they'll do that or not, we'll see. They're capable of making the run. Now on, on the women's side, um, it is what, what it is. They're usually around top in the top four every year. So once again, the assessment will have to be made and we'll see what direction uh, Coach Banks wants to go in as far as the, uh, the women's basketball program. Let me do this, Charles. Let, let's take a break and uh, when we come back, the timing rule change proposed in college football. I don't know if you got a chance to, to, to look at that, but uh, very intriguing. <laughs> I'll just highlight some of the uh, the important points of what the NCAA committee is trying to decide to do. And the committee has made it a recommendation, and then it will go before the full board process, and uh, we may have some major changes to college football. We'll get into that when we come back. You're watching the Carlos Brown Show on the Black College Sports Network. I'm returning to Clinton, Paris, and Tampa's my community. I grew up here, went to school here, and my wife and I make our home here. What makes Tampa special are its people. So when I represent someone injured in my community, it's personal. Call my office and speak to a real lawyer and not some referral service. I will fight the insurance companies to get the settlement that you deserve. At the law office of Clinton Paris, we take the pain out of being hurt. Maureen is saving big holiday shopping at Amazon. So now she's free to become Maureen the Marrier. Food is her love language, and she really loves her grandson. Like, really loves. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCUPrideJoy on Facebook and Twitter. 
Mealtime inspiration. It's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's get back to getting ticks instead of watching flicks. Before we can safely get out there, we need the facts on COVID-19 vaccines. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision for yourself and for your crew. I like that football. Yeah, football. Of course, that's when they played at LSU this past season. You know, football is always on the brain as far as if you're a sports guy. But you know, I I like to win in all sports for my alum to do well. And we had an interesting discussion during the break that we we're going to bring here on the show. I, I want people to kind of hear that. And, and, and let's just say this. I wear, I'm wearing the Columbia Blue and Gold. I'm Southern University. That's that's my school. I, I want the best for them. But now, when you have uh, constructive criticism or, or debate or conversation, whichever way you want to put it, uh, sometimes you have to, to, to have this. Charles, you said during the break, and, and, and now we'll bring it up here, uh, about Coach Coach Woods. And, and before you make your comments, I will say this. Coach Woods, if I'm not, if I'm right, correct me if I'm wrong, won a championship when he was the head coach at Mississippi Valley State, correct? Now, would you say the resources are better at Southern University compared to Mississippi Valley State? Yes or no? Okay, that means yes. Okay, I thought you were going to verbally say it, but okay. Yes. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, okay. Um, and, I, and I know, because I, I know you so well, at least I think I know you so well, you're going to always look for the high road. You said during the break that if you were the director of athletics at Southern University, 
you would do the following, or you would do what? If I'm Roman Banks, I would give Sean Woods another crack at the apple, meaning another year, unless he gets bounced out of the first round come Thursday. Then you got to have a conversation. Because if you look at the brackets right now, mm-hmm. and of course you have to look at your total body of work. And yes, it hasn't, it, it's been an underachievement to say the least. Um, but if you look at this year, Southern could be a three, most likely they'll be a three seed, a team that lost five or six, stumbled, beat all corn, um, dropped, but still, and if they win today, I think it'll be three in a row to end the regular season. You finish as a three seed. The way the brackets are shaping up, you're either going to take on most likely Prairie or Texas Southern that first game. Say you win that game. Then you're either going to get all corn, the two seed, which is either all corn or Grambling in the semifinals. Let's say you win that game, get to the finals. Because we know Southern had an 18-point lead on us. They beat Grambling the first time. They lost in Salt Lake City. You get to the finals. Then what? You're a top four program, top three program. No, you haven't gotten to the top of the mountain, but you're, the question is if you're Roman Banks, and he knows this because he's a former basketball coach at Southern mm-hmm. University, so he knows what the program should look like. How close are you to getting there with this administration, meaning your head coach and staff? Because if you make a change, you're pretty much ready to tear it down. You're going you're gonna to fall. Teams are on the come up. How far are you willing to fall? Now, that it doesn't always happen, but most likely it will um, because you're starting over again. Now, with APR and all that, you got to keep some, a lot of these players on the roster. Some of them will transfer out, and you just have to understand that that's the case. Are you closer to the bottom? Are you closer to the top? Or are you just middle of the road? I think Southern's closer to the top. Um, I think mm-hmm. I think they got a little full of themselves after the Alcorn game. And really, the downfall started with Alcorn. Blowing an 18-point lead. Well, they didn't blow it. They cut it to three. And they won that game. And I think they got a little excited. They had a big lead against Grambling, almost let it slip. And then some other things happened. They started to stumble. So we've seen the good mm-hmm. Jaguars. Then they hit a rut. They hit the wall, like all teams do. We have, but we've just found ways to win where Southern might not have found a way to win. Rock bottom for Southern, in my opinion, was the loss to Texas Southern at home. It was a bad loss. There's no getting around that. That's a bad loss. But they rallied. They went to Florida. They beat FAMU at the buzzer on a crossover, <laughs> broke the guy's ankles. I saw that. That was that was something to see. Then you come back and beat Bama State. Um, you'll probably get AM today. And then you got a little momentum going into the tournament. You got a tough first-round matchup, no matter how it shakes out, three or four, whatever way it goes. You win that game, and then you look at, well, okay, well, now that's four in a row. I I think you got to give it another crack. I think you got to get – I know a lot of people might disagree from the Jaguar Nation perspective. I get it. But I think you're closer to the top, maybe the middle, than you are the bottom. And I think if you're Roman Banks, Mm. you have to give it at least one more shot. And he knows this well as a former basketball coach. He knows what a good program looks like. He knows what a bad program looks like. He knows what a middle-of-a-road program looks like. And in my opinion, just from the outside looking in, I think you got to give him one more, one more try at it. And then 
if they fall off the wagon, then yeah, you got you got to think about something. But right now, we've seen the good Southern, we've seen the bad Southern, and the question is right now, where's this program? I think close to the top, but more so right now, middle of the road. And if that's not acceptable, then you got to make a change. But you, if well, you make a change, you do you do understand that you're tearing a lot of stuff down. You're tearing a lot of stuff down with a new coach, and you might take a step or two back. Is that what you want to do? doesn't always happen that way. You know, Dooley came no. in. It doesn't always happen. But most right. of the time it does. Most of the time it does. And so you have to you have to be temperamental about that, temperamental about it. And so I would just say, unless he bounce, gets bounced out with, uh, Thursday, I think you have to consider giving him at least one more year. I don't know what the contract details are. Maybe – that's not financially possible to let it to, to, to pull the plug right now. But if it was me, I'd give him another shot at it. Okay, let's look at it. Here's here's what someone says in the chat room, Michael. If, if SU's men and women's basketball teams don't make it to the SWAC championship game, I feel both coaches need to be replaced, especially the men's team. Each year is the same results. And the same old story. This has gotten old. And again, when you talk about the body of the body of work, I think it's more frustrating, Charles. And then we'll move on off of this topic. You look at the body of work. I guess it's more disappointing that you look at a team that comes out, particularly in the last three years, specifically the last two, they come out on fire. They do well. But February has been disastrous in, in, in some cases, the last two years. So I'll stick to just my opinion. If he makes it to the uh, tournament championship, if I'm the director of athletics, yeah, we'll have a discussion and he comes back. Now, on the men's side, now, could be purview, you said, Texas Southern. First round, it could very easily be knocked out because Texas Southern, okay, they lost at home. And think about it on the road. They they hit a shot at the end, right? And they beat Texas yeah. Southern. So Texas Southern is going to be confident uh, coming into uh, if, if they're going to play Southern University. Prairie View, that's not going to be an easy game as well. No. And if you're the third seed, you, 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 you're going to run into the second seed. Perhaps. If there's no upset. Yeah, so uh, it is going to be tough. I'm hoping that they can do it. I'm still pulling for them. But it's going to be tough. On the women's side, and, and by the way, to your point, you said they're more in the top tier. Yes. I don't think they're mediocre. But in February, they're uh, very mediocre the last couple of uh, years, seasons. Uh, on the women's side, they're constantly in, in the top five. Now, for AD Banks, if that is a benchmark, a criteria for the program, then Coach Funches will be bad. For Coach Woods, if he's happy, it will wear the where they're at, the men's program, consistently in the top top four, 
and in first place for a good segment of the season, then he's going to be happy. But I will say this, after each season, you got to evaluate everything, go in and look at it, and then, then you'll make, make the decision. So with that being said, we'll see what happens at the end of uh, this season. Hopefully my Jaguars will make a run on, on both sides. Look, if they get to the championship game, I'm elated. But I know it is a tough road that they've got in front of them. I'm a little bit more confident with the women basketball program maybe Damn. making a, 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 a run. Did you have to play the park but, over there? But we will see. Oh, I'm hearing somebody in the background. Who is that? Is that Coach Petaway? Uh, uh, Charles, uh, the timing rule changes proposed in college football. Let me pull this one up. And, and good morning to everybody in the chat room, by the way. Here we go. And, and I want everybody's participation in this. Do you believe this is going to be a good thing for college football? The NCAA Football Rules Committee has proposed several timing rule changes intended to continue the effort to control the flow of the game and encourage more consistent game management. Okay. The committee anticipates the adjustments, which were finalized Friday in Indianapolis, would modestly reduce the number of plays in the game, something... <laughs> The committee will study closely during the 2023 season. If approved by the NCAA Playing Rules Oversight Panel on April 20th, the game clock will continue to run when a first down is gained. Currently, the game clock stops when a first down is gained, and the clock restarts when the offense is awarded a first down. The game clock will continue to be stopped when a first down is gained during the last two minutes of either half. The committee is recommending two other adjustments intended to continue to reduce breaks in the game. Teams will be prohibited from calling consecutive team timeouts. Wow. Penalties at the end of the first and third quarter will carry over and be enforced on the first play of the next quarter. The committee also evaluated potential impact of the rule change on the overall state of the games and health and safety of student athletes. Other committee clarifications include establishing guidelines for second half warm-up activities, including requiring teams to wait until the field is made available to return and having designated areas of the field to warm up. When teams are on the field, drones are not allowed over the playing surface all the team area and that was in the area of technology and the committee also approved the optional use of instant replay in games that do not have an instant replay booth official so charles they basically want to kind of speed up the game and now from a fan perspective and i i heard locally some um, college administrators in the sports area saying it'll be a big adjustment uh for fans so you know you have some games that go typically what three hours some games three and a half to four hours they want to speed up the game your, your thoughts on on the ncaa committee it how will the fans 
B, will they accept it, the change, and, and, and go along with the flow? Well, well, first of all, I, I think that we're in a society now in which we're trying to speed everything up. You know, Major League Baseball dealing with this pitch clock and all of that, trying to speed up the mm -hmm. game of baseball, and players are having a hard time with it, uh, batters, pitchers having a hard time with that. Um, and, and the data has shown through spring training that the games have been a lot faster with these new changes. I think what college football might be trying to do is speed the game up and also trying to mirror the NFL. You know, in the NFL, yep. if you pick up a first down, the clock continues to run. So I think they're they're looking at ways to to cut down on the amount of time these games drag on. And they do at times drag on because you have these no-huddle offenses, the, these zone reads in which you don't huddle up, and that, that speeds things along. So I do think the first two proposals you brought up that are going to come up for a vote, I think it will be approved because players mm -hmm. who want to get to the next level want to play at, at the pace of the next level. So in the NFL, you pick up the first down, clock continues to run. And I think you're going to see, I think that's going to pass. I think that those first two will pass. Now, the other stuff with the drones, and I got to do a little more digging on that. I, I, I get it. But I think those, the first two, especially when you pick up a first down, clock continues to run. And then you can't ice the kicker either. Um, I think the NFL did away with that as well. You know, where you can call a couple of timeouts to ice the kicker. You can't, you can only call one. So I think yep. I think that was probably coming. We just didn't think about it. At least I didn't until until I saw it. In, until I saw it. So I do think that these are small efforts to uh, to speed the game up. But then I'm anxious to see as far as television is concerned. You know that that also slows the game down. We have all these commercials. You know, and of course you got to have them because that's how TV networks make their money. Will that change if you're going to have less commercials? then, yeah, the game will probably be a little quicker, but I doubt it. With all the money that's being made, the network's got to get theirs. they got to get their commercials in. Advertisers want theirs. So I think it's it's maybe a push. It may be, yeah, you save a little bit here on the clock continuing to run, but will the networks get involved and cut down on the number of commercials during the game? That will help speed the game up. So I, I, I like what college football is doing, the committee, in terms of this being a first start. But I think there have to be some other measures in place too to kind of speed the game along. But I like I like the first two though. Clock continuing to run when you pick up a first down. And I think if that happens, that's gonna trickle down to high school as well to try to speed their game up because their games are long as well. So I I like the changes and um I hope those first two do pass for sure because it kind of mirrors what you see in the NFL. Um Interesting point, especially with the television piece. I, I know who I will uh, confer with, <laughs> if I can say it, or have a conversation with one of our colleagues, uh, Dr. Cavill. be interesting to see what uh, he has to say and his feelings on that. But, but Charles, uh, you bring up an excellent point, particularly with the television piece. Um, also, uh, in the area area of technology the committee approved the optional use of instant replays in games that do not have an instant replay booth official I, I said that already last season the division two mid-american intercollegiate athletic association conducted a successful pilot program of the rule this model allows the referee to use available video to make decisions on reviewable plays after a coach challenge interesting so 
The committee approved the optional use of instant replay in games that do not have the instant replay booth official. Charles, that's going to be interesting. Yeah, I'm, 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 I don't know about that one. Because yeah. if, if you look at the SWAC, there are replay officials up in the up in the box for every SWAC game. And if there's a particular play right. that needs to be looked at, they're gonna stop and look the replay booth. I mean, the officials are on the field. I mean, they're do, they're they're doing their job in real time and it's hard to kind of slow it down for them on the field. You gotta have some eyes up above to be able to say, was did he have a foot in bounds or not? And I think if it's close and if the replay officials deems that it needs to take a look at it, that's what their job is to do. I don't know. I mean, again, I'm not on the committee, but I would take a, I would probably table that one and do a little bit more dive into that one because I think that, you know, if a coach is going to be on an official about whether or not, you know, Juan Anthony's foot was in bounds or not. I'm talking about Juan Anthony, former receiver of the Braves. I'm just calling, I'm just calling him out. Uh, but if, if you're going to have that, um, I don't know. I think that's going to that's going to require a little bit more digging. I don't know if that's going to pass. More I think they'll table that part of the proposal because I because I do think in real football is going so fast, and to put it in the hands of the official to determine a call like that. You know, whether put in, catch, whatever. I think that's tough on the official. That's why you have replay officials above that can and take a little look at it. You got 10 cameras looking at it. I don't know about that one. I, I would, if it was me, I would propose to table it and let's do a little more digging. I mean, that's at the D2 level. You don't have the same type of resources, but you're talking about at the D1, the FCS, FBS level, where you got a lot of cameras and more resources to get more eyes in the sky to be able to look at it. So I, I don't know about that one personally. I, I would probably do a little more digging and table that particular proposal for the time being. Uh, a little more study on that one, correct? A little more study, yeah. 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 I don't know um, about that one. I really don't. Right. I understand. Um, Southern football, switching gears a little bit, uh, gets their start. Thursday in spring practice, and 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 I, I know the probably the the top two or three questions debatable as number one, the quarterback battle going into spring and then coming out of the spring. The spring will tell us something. Um, Noah Bolden, who uh, transferred to Southern last year, uh, previously signed with Grambling State. Just digging with some of my sources within the sources. He's very <laughs> confident. He, he's very confident, and he believes it's his job to lose. But then also you have University of Alabama transfer who locally prepped at Episcopal High School in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Uh, Dylan Mahotra. I'll practice on that last name if I'm not saying it right. Um, saw on social media, on Twitter video of him at a, at a uh, quarterback camp and uh, I think it was in Mobile. I'm sure he's confident of, of coming in, but I guess you'd have to give the edge though, I believe, to Noah Bolton who uh, came in right as fall camp started, right before now a, a, a year under his belt in his first spring. I, I, I like his chances, but I know it's competitive with that. And then of course you have Harold Blood, Mr. Washington, who was a freshman last year, 
Um, it's going to be an interesting battle. It'll tell us something going into spring. Then um, for Southern fans, I've been told that Devin Cotton returns. Started a defensive tackle two years ago, was out, took a year off to nurse some injuries. <clears throat> He'll be back. So quarterback, offensive line, a, a, a very good group of wide receivers in the room. It's going to battle down to who comes out of the spring number one quarterback because that is still a sore spot for Jaguar Nation. They believe, and they constantly talk about it, they believe that is the one position if they had that in a better situation from last year, the season would have been much more successful. Albeit, they won the Western Division Championship and Bubba McDaniels in the Legacy Bowl. You saw him 7-7 for 41 yards. He's getting much love and continuous love as a Southern alum. It's going to be very interesting, Charles. And by the way, I know Alcorn started their spring practice, and they have uh, a battle, I guess, for number one. But anyway, what do you think about all of this? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, I think for Dooley, it's do you do you name someone once spring is over with, or do you do you play it all the way out through the summer and into the fall and let the competition commence? I think you probably. I mean, knowing Dooley, well, let me say I don't know him. I think what based on what happened this last year. I don't know what he's going to do, to be honest. I don't know if he's going to wait it out, let the competition continue, or if he's going to be impressed with some with a guy in the spring. Um, I tell you what, you got on one end, you got Noah Bowden, who we saw at Grambling have some good moments. Um, I think from a PR perspective, and I know PRs may play a part in this, the kid from right there in Baton Rouge probably is getting a lot of shine because he's from right up the street. And if he plays well in spring, summer, and fall, he may be the guy. Uh, just from a PR perspective, I'm sure fans probably would like that because he's a local product. You know, you always want to see that. You know, we always talk about that at all of our schools. When you get someone in state or from, from that area, people seem to gravitate to that. Um, but I, hmm. I think... You know, the quarterback position is key at a lot of our at a lot of a lot of schools in the league. Alcorn, especially, you know, you got Tyler Macon, the Missouri transfer, who a lot of people are excited about. Aaron Allen coming off the shoulder issue. You know, Fred McNair said it's going to be a battle, and he, you know him; he's not going to name anyone, not even close right now. He's, he's going to let this thing play out all the way through August. I don't think he's going to name anyone. He's going to commit to anyone. He's just going to let the competition play all the way out, maybe the week before the USM game. Just my opinion, knowing Coach McNair like I do, I think mm -hmm. he'll, he'll probably, probably play it out. But I think the quarterback position for a lot of our schools, Carlos, is key. You know, you got new coaches at Bethune, Valley. Uh, you don't know who those quarterbacks are going to be. <clears throat> Jack, like Jackson State. Jackson, Jackson State. State will be breaking um, in a new quarterback. Jackson State with T.C. Taylor breaking in a new quarterback. Uh, UAPB, where I am here, probably have a new quarterback. Looks like Calvez is going to be the guy at Grambling. Signed an NIL deal. Looks like he's, you know, um, Hugh Jackson's committed to him for right now. So, but there are a lot of question marks, clearly, you know, in a lot of different areas as far as the quarterback position is concerned. 
So I'm, I'm, I'm really just looking forward to it. You know, I just, I, I kind of have a temperament approach in the spring um, because, because I understand how these things go and you can't overcommit or undercommit. You just got to take it one day at a time. So we'll see, we'll see how, we'll see how it plays out. I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, how it all unfolds. On that note, we'll take a quick timeout. You're watching the Collins Brown show on the black college sports network. Nope. Nope. Come on him. Ooh, I like him. Quick, the quicker picker-upper. Bounty picks up messes quicker, and each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. He's an eight. He's a nine. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. If you think all pads are exactly the same, think again. This is Always Ultra Thin's reinvented with the Always Triple Protection System. This pad wicks gushes 90% faster, absorbs even more so you can feel dry, and locks odors in. Rethink your pad for up to 100% leak-free and odor-free comfort with the totally reinvented Always Ultra Thins. This is always like never before. I get the now bar, please. One dollar. Have a good one. Got it. Hey, what's going on? Hey. hey let me get a now bar. Sure. One dollar. Appreciate you. Got it. Angus Beef Ballpark Frank, and you'll say. Hello, summer. Oh, yeah, it's ballpark season. This is the dean of the College of HBCU Sports, Kenyatta Cavill of Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Come mix it up in the lab where the course lecture is in session every Tuesday from 6 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time on Facebook Live, YouTube, Spreaker, or the BCSN app. 
as we discuss all things about the HBCU sports culture, including exploring the week that was in the Sporting HBCU Dasher, as well as the upcoming week of HBCU sports. With me, the Dean, the College of HBCU Sports, on Dr. Cavill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Watch and Charles Bishop. Course lecture dismissed. For my people that don't get to see me Trying to remind you who you are Just like in Romans 3C We bout to blow off the world Just like the day is breezy This motivation for the people And this classic Bible teaching section Hey, this for my people that don't get to see me Trying to remind you who you are Just like in Romans 3C We bout to blow off the world Just like the day is breezy This motivation for the people When this classic Bible teaching hey, 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 hey. Motivation Welcome back to this week's edition of the Coles Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. Joined now by Coach Van Petaway, who seems very relaxed. Coach Petaway, uh, good, good morning. It, it, it's not quite afternoon yet, but good morning, sir. Hey, good morning, man. And, and I want to apologize. I thought I had to attend this uh, state championship game. And so I'm on the road today. But nevertheless, I'm here. We, we appreciate the time along with Charles Edmund. Well, in, in the first couple of segments, we were talking about the Southwestern Athletic Conference, the, the, the last day of the regular season. Coach Petaway, we'll get your thoughts on uh, this important Saturday as we get ready for the uh, 2023 SWAC Basketball Tournament Championship that's going to be in Birmingham, Alabama. Right. And in fact, that's why I'm now in Birmingham. Uh, high school uh, uh, championships. Uh, this is going to be a very interesting weekend. Uh, on the women's side, our Lady Bulldogs, they've got an opportunity. If they can win at Southern, and Carlos, I hate to say this, but I'm hoping they're running the place so that they, so that they can put you guys down. And that will give them an opportunity to be the number two seed. Because right now, uh, they're still in second place with Alabama State. But when you go start going down the tiebreakers right now, they have the tiebreaker based on points. Uh, the, the two teams split during the regular season, but Alabama and them 14, Alabama State won their game by 12. So that would give them that that uh, tiebreak. But they must. They must win the game today. And then uh, as a Bulldog person, I'm hoping that Gramlin is ready to play. And if Gramlin beats Bama State, you know, the case is closed. But coming down to the last week of the season on the women's side, 
All they're doing is is two through seven, uh, through two through six, are uh, trying to get their seating in order because nobody's going to catch Jackson State. Uh, I mean, well, it's over with. You know, they won the title again this year, and it's going to create a very interesting tournament. Very interesting tournament. And then on I, the I, men's I, side, okay, go ahead. Mm -hmm. Sorry. No, no, I, I was just. Uh, agreeing with you because if you look at it, of course, Jackson State 16-1, 13-game winning streak. They are definitely the number one seed. Congratulations to Jackson State again, regular season uh, champions. Alabama State 12-5, and Alabama A&M 12-5, Prairie View and Southern tied 11-6. and Then, of course, Arkansas Pine Bluff 9-8, but then Cookman 9-8, and then Alcorn State. And Grambling State, Charles, for the eighth seed, am I correct? Yep. And for the Lady Braves, the tournament starts today. You win and you're in. If you lose and Grambling wins, you're out. If you lose and Grambling loses, you're still in because you have a tiebreaker on Grambling. You beat them in the only meeting of the regular season. So for the Lady Braves, you know, this time last week, they weren't in control of their destiny by virtue of Grambling's loss to Alabama um, A&M, which Nate Kilbert predicted, by the way. He, he thought that might be the case because Grambling doesn't play well at home. He predicted that. It's like Coach Petaway thought last week it was a trap game for our men, and he yep. was right on that. Oh, well, that's right. That is yeah, correct. Yeah, Coach he, he, he called that one. As a matter of fact, I, I mentioned that to Coach Bussey, and Coach Bussey said there's a guy named Petway. He didn't call, he, he didn't call his name all the way. Some guy named Petway predicted this. Who is he? Asked, who, did I know you? I said, I don't know who that guy is. I don't know Petway. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, but yeah, for the women's side, yeah. I mean, we're, we're back in control of the eighth seed. We still have a shot at seven because uh, we have the tiebreaker on Bethune-Cookman by one point. So we have a shot at seven. But look, I'm just looking to get in. As much as we've struggled, as many games as we've thrown away, I'm just looking to get in. Now, yes. Jackson State's going to be tough, but it's the postseason. Anything can happen. Um, if, if we do get a seven, you're looking at Bama State and A&M, two teams that we we kind of tussled with early in the season. We only played them once. But uh, I'm just looking to get in first, and then we'll just see where we land after that. And, right. and then, and, guys. And then, go, go ahead, Coach. Go ahead, go ahead, Carlo. No, no, go ahead. No, no, I was going to say I was going to transition to the men's side. But if we're not finished mm -hmm. with the women, we can we can stay there. Uh, I'm I'm thinking that in in the on the women's side, some of those teams got to be telling themselves this is the year that we're gonna upset Jackson State. I, I think Jackson mm -hmm. State has shown has shown their dominance uh, over the the last three or four years. But somebody on the women's side has to put it in their players' minds that this is the year that we're gonna take them down. And somebody got to go after them doing in this tournament. Well, well, guys, I got an interesting question. This year or last year, Jackson State women. I have an idea who was the was the better team. Was it last I, year I or this I, year? I say this because to me they're more well rounded. Where last year we knew they were going inside. Now you don't know what mm -hmm. they're gonna do because they got they got so many other options. See, last year. They had one main option, and I think they're more versatile on the offensive end this year. What say you, Charles? Interesting. 
Yeah, there's there's no doubt to me. I mean, they're deeper in the post. Um, I wouldn't say they're necessarily better, but they're deeper. They got a six 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 five six four. They can throw in there. You know, you you're you're not gonna shoot over them. Um, you can get around them, but you can't shoot over them. And then you you got Covington in the backcourt, who's one of the better backcourt players on the women's side in this conference. That makes it go as well. So I think collectively as a team, I would say Jackson State this year is a better team, more more rounded this year than last year. And that makes it that makes them tougher to defend. That makes them tougher to scout. I mean, we yeah. we let them nine four early, and then once they dumped it inside, it was kind of all she wrote. But uh, yeah, I agree with Coach Petaway. Someone's gonna it's gonna take a couple of things. You're going to have to get Jackson State early, and then Jackson just has to be off their spot. I mean, if, if they're on their spot and you don't knock them off their spot, they're probably not going to lose. So you you got to rattle them. You got to shake them a little bit. You got to get them early. You got to get them rattled early. And, you know, they're, they're looking at either us or Grambling in the first round, and then you're looking at the middle of the bracket with perhaps Alabama State or Prairie View or Southern. You know, I, I thought you know, I thought it would be an interesting matchup when Jackson uh, hosted Prairie View because that was a, one team that beat them, and Jackson blew the doors off that one. So, uh, you know, Jackson's just getting stronger and stronger as as the year goes on. And, you know, as far as seedings are concerned, Coach Pettiboy, this, this is a question for you. You know, there's some intrigue at the top, intrigue at the bottom. But for teams that are in the middle, that, you know, seedings, they're in the tournament, whether you're a three or four, four or three, does it, I mean, we talked last week about load management in the NBA. Do you, mm-hmm. do you back off a little bit? If you're a six seed, for example, and you have no, you're not going to drop to a seven, you're not going to move up to a five, you're going to be a six seed regardless. Do you play this game the way you usually would try to make sure you keep guys fresh and don't want to get players hurt or do you do you go for it i mean knowing that the swag tournament starts in some cases four days some cases five days i mean what, how, how, how do you play that well i think because of the, the the number of days that you have you, you you know you you play today and then you may not play again until the earliest is wednesday and you might not play until thursday you go for it i, I think you go for it you want to have you want them. You you want to keep some consistency uh, coming down mm-hmm. the stretch because that's the only way you're going to win a tournament. You got to be consistent. So you want to remain healthy as long as there's not a health issue involved. I will go for the gusto. I want to be playing my best going into that tournament. And if it's on the special women's side, that's the only way you're going to have a shot against Jackson State. So I would go, go for, for the, the gusto. gusto. Yeah. Yes, yes, sir. You got time yeah. to rest up. You got time to I, I, I would agree. And, and, and guys, if we can transition to the men's side, uh, they're intriguing. At the top, at the bottom, of course, Grambling State and Alcorn, there's a possibility to be co-regular season champions. Then you've got Southern and Jackson State shooting for third place. And then you got Alabama and them preview in them at Texas Southern. And I tell you what, Texas Southern is still dangerous to me. Very dangerous. But uh, Coach Petaway. Yes. Co-regular season champions, very likely, but Alcorn State gets the number one seed. Hold up. They're number one right now. This is what you better look at. 
Mm -hmm. Is that Arkansas Pine Bluff? What's in the mix for Arkansas Pine Bluff? This is a must game for Pine Bluff. They got to be careful. Pine Bluff is on the outside looking in. They need a win to put themselves in a tie to, 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 to try to make the tournament. That's a dangerous position to be in. That's is it a like very a cat? Dangerous position. Huh? Coach, coach, is it like a cat cornered <laughs> up against a wall and he comes out? Are, are you right. saying this? Is this a trap game? Well, no trap game. No. Do you I'm believe, not gonna use you believe Pine Bluff? I'm not going to use I'm not going to use the trap word again today, but I'm going to tell you this. <laughs> this is a very inspiring game for Arkansas Pine Bluff. Because if I was in that locker room, I'd say, hey, fellas, this is it for us. Our season is over with unless we can win this game. Our season ends tonight unless we can beat Alcorn State. So are you, so are that, you saying that, it, it could be an upset? Are you predicting an upset? No, I'm not going to predict the upset because I think Coach Bussey is going to have those guys. I, I think he, I think it's going to be a close, close game, closer game than mm -hmm. most people expect. Because I think Pine Bluff, they got to go go out on top, or they want to go out on top. They want to make that tournament. Their only hope of making it is to beat Alcorn State. Very intriguing well, well, game. Well, Coach, yes, yes, yes. Just to give you a little clarity, I've talked with their um, athletic media relations person, Camille Stokes, last night, just to get a little clarity in terms of their position. Their their tournament lives are out of their hands. They have to win tonight, oh, oh. and both Bethune-Cookman and Babel State have to lose. If those two oh, things don't happen, happen, even if they win, they don't make it. So it's out right, of their right, hands. Right. All they can do is win. Right. But right. I they tell gotta, you what, it's they gotta day, go out. Yep. But it's yep, their the championship game. game. A championship, and I and I know they don't want to see Landon Bussey hoisting that trophy on, on their court. So I I, right. I guarantee you the place is going to be packed. And look, Pine Bluff has had their moments. They were near the top of the league right. first part of the year. Yep. And this is the team that we were up by 20 with seven minutes left at home, and they cut it to three. And if it wasn't for a review of a ball that was deflected out of bounds that went our way, which we thought it was going to Pine Bluff, we had a couple of free throws at the end to kind of win by three. Pine Bluff, and they're a very good three-point shooting team, and they got two top scorers. So it's not going to be easy coming in here. And Landon Bussey was very subdued last night. Normally he's passionate and fiery and fire and brimstone. He was very professional and businesslike last night, knowing that all the hard work you put in starting in October comes down to a 40-minute game on the road. And like he said, Coach, and I'm sure you appreciate this, you're playing for a championship on the road in a hostile environment. You wouldn't want it any right. other way. There you go. There you go. And, and see, with Gramlin, Gramlin is the hottest team on the men's side after they've won eight in a row. But, you know, if they both finish in the tie, we know that, that they to get that number one seed. I, I just think that this makes for, uh, for our fans, this is a very intriguing tournament because we got an opportunity for number one and number two uh, to meet in the championship game. But number six, number five, and number six, and number seven will have a lot to say about that. Because when you look at Prairie View, you look at Texas Southern, they got that pedigree, that winning pedigree. Getting into a tournament, man, it anything can happen. And I think that's what we got to look forward to. Uh, last night, I got a chance to see the semifinal games of the 
we as Swag fans ought, ought to feel proud. Now they play, they're playing that game of their tournament in Evansville, Indiana. And I'm gonna tell you something. They had no one in the stands for a semifinal game. Hmm. So now we in, in terms of attendance and what we do in the SWAC, we're far ahead of what they're doing. And that's the OVC. Well, coming up March 8th through the 11th in Bartow Arena in Birmingham, the SWAC basketball tournament 2023 version um coach Petway on the men's side you know i gotta you gotta i gotta talk about my southern jaguars you 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 try to keep me uh elevated and positive um they took care of uh, alabama state thursday night they could they're gonna wind up either third or fourth seed what are your thoughts on them going into the tournament? And then uh, Texas Southern. I'm just always amazed at how they're they're always in the conversation. They're a dangerous team. But but those two points, yeah. Southern and Texas Southern. Well, I think on, on Southern side, there's gonna be a lot of gonna be a lot of pressure. Uh probably be already on Coach Woods. Uh I know the Southern Knights um after last year and the year before. I know you all look for and expect more. So his uh, his future could be on the line. And I hate to say that. It should not be now, but uh, th that's just the way, that's just the nature of the beast. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I think when he didn't get a, when he did not get a uh, contract extension, that to me, that says a lot. Uh, so I think he he's probably gonna have to win it or at least make it to the championship game uh, to, to appease some people. And I think even making it to the championship game and losing, he still may not get an extension. So that's going to be tough on his side. That's a lot of pressure on him from the outside. And as coaches, we put pressure on ourselves so you don't really need it from the outside. So I, in, in that regard, I sort of I feel bad for him coming down the stretch. But, you know, if, if, if uh, they can stay healthy, they may be able to make some noise in the tournament. But now you, you mentioned Texas Southern. I'm going to tell you something, man. I saw them at full strength uh, for the first time when they came to Huntsville, Alabama. That's a very dangerous team because with Henry back in there, uh, and, and, and then if you want to talk about them missing somebody, uh, ETN that transferred over to Southern, they really could have used him this year. But he's not there. But so, But with them getting healthy down the stretch, They've got size, they got experience. Uh, you know, he's got guys on that team that have that have uh, hosted a championship before. So that's a dangerous experience uh, in this tournament, upcoming tournament. So those teams that have to draw Texas Southern, they better be ready. They better be ready to play. Coach, I, I want to follow up with um, Coach Woods. When he was head basketball coach at Mississippi Valley State, he won the championship. And I guess I'm thinking at Southern with, with more resources, not every year, I understand that. But if, if I remember when I had Coach Banks on, he said it, it was valid to say at least once every four years playing for a championship or, or, or winning one. I guess it's just mysterious to me why Coach Woods and the staff didn't have more success or, or have a championship 
to this point? Is it just sometimes fate? To, have, to win a championship or to be consistent in your program, you got to have, it's called luck. And the luck comes in on the injury side. You have to stay away from injuries. You've got to stay away from key personnel having injuries during the course of the, the year. But, you know, before I would determine or say anything, I would look at the history of the last four years. What, what injuries mm -hmm. did we have? Uh, uh, did, did we have kids miss games for reasons other than injuries? Uh, you know, what's behind that? Uh, could that have been aborted? Does that does any of that come back on the coaching staff? You know, uh, there are a number of things that I think that as administrators they should look at. Just looking at a one-loss record, you got to see why that happened. I, I think you have to go more into why you're in this situation versus uh, just looking at a record and saying, oh, we didn't win a championship. And then I'm going to be honest. How do you find mm -hmm. a championship? Some people say it's a title. And then now today we're talking about if you win a, a tournament, you're the tournament. I mean, you're a champion. So what is their definition of winning a championship? Is it just the mm. conference race or is it me winning a tournament? Interesting. I'm glad I'm not an administrator or a, uh, AD. <laughs> <laughs> it's tough because I, I, I believe Charles will probably get more votes if if it, if it's me or him as an AD, according to Charles, because he's, <laughs> you know, he, he looks at the broader picture. He looks at the analysis. But to your point, a deep dive into all the parameters, the body of work. And I, I think when at the end of the day, Coach Banks will have to make the decision that's best uh, for Southern University. Now, right. I, I'm going to ask you guys this, Coach. Now, now, you follow, follow up. Let, me, uh -huh. let me tell you something else that you better look at, too, now. See, we all on the mm -hmm. outside looking in. We say Southern had, now you just made the statement, you figured mm -hmm. that with Southern having more resources than Mississippi Valley, that it would make a difference, right? Now, Carlos, mm -hmm. from the outside looking in, we have to be very careful about that. Because uh, when you look at optics, when you look at Alabama, it looks like they have everything they need to be successful. Mm -hmm. It's not true now when it, when it comes to basketball. It wasn't true. Let me just say, it was not true when it comes to basketball. Mm -hmm. Okay, now, did Coach Banks have all of his scholarships? Did Coach Banks have an opportunity to recruit? When he went out to recruit, did he have the resources that he needed to go to get the people that he needed to go get? We, as as uh, spectators, we, as uh, on the outside, we don't know the answers to all of these questions. Because I can tell you mm -hmm. as a coach now, I've been given, I've been, I was given some, some parameters that were hard to deal with. You all didn't know that 70% of our roster had to be in-state students. See, you all didn't know that. You just saw mm -hmm. a team on the floor. You all didn't know that for two consecutive years, you were not able to go out and recruit because of budget restraints. See, you all don't know that. You didn't know it, the fans didn't know it. All you looked at was the overall record. Now, in the state of Alabama, which is a football state, how in the heck are you going to put a good team on the floor when 70% has to come from your state, when they're not producing enough top-notch uh, mm -hmm. top 
D1 athletes. The public doesn't know that. You all didn't know that. But these are the kind of things that happen internally that affect a program. That's why I said we should not, we have to be very careful when we start looking at what these coaches are doing and, and, and just basing it on a record. Take a deep dive and look at find and find out what's really in it. What's mm-hmm. really in it? Because on the outside, you can you only see the results, but you never know why things are happening, whether they're good or bad. Well, Coach Petaway, if I was an AD, I would definitely take a look at all of that, a deep dive, an analysis, and weigh all of the factors. That sounds like uh, Willa Brown back there. Uh, (laughs) I'll tell you what. Let me see. Coach Petaway, you got a few more minutes, or do you need to uh, get going? I, I, I at this point i i really need to need, need to move because okay. here's one of the things one of my former players his he has one of the top sophomores in the nation not just in alabama mm-hmm. in the nation he put up 34 and had eight rebounds in the semifinal game the kid is just in oh i'm sorry wow. i said sophomore he's just in the ninth grade oh my he's goodness. just in the ninth grade and he's already six six and he's on a he he's got offers out the yang yang. So I I've got to support. I yes, got to show my support. Uh, but this is interesting. But I I promise you, next week we'll have more time to stay as long as we need. Yeah, because I, I I'm going to invite the uh, uh, from an AD perspective, and and I look at it as a learning experience for me. But I will say this, Coach. I'm hoping for the best for Southern University basketball in the tournament yep. and for, for Coach uh, Woods and Coach Funches. And ultimately, it's going to go down to A.D. Banks and his evaluation. But I'm glad you brought up that point, valid points to consider. And uh, that's why I have you on the show, to give that perspective. <laughs> Charles, did you learn something about that? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, he's exactly right. And as someone that works closely with coaches and works closely with ADs and administration, I understand exactly where he's coming from because you don't have coaches complaining too much about that. Coaches get paid to coach and, and do the best that they can during the season. You don't hear a lot of coaches griping and complaining about budget restraints and 70% in state, all that. They just go out there and try to put the best product on the floor. So you're not going to hear that from these coaches, at least the coaches we have in place now, because they just, they're going to go out there and do the best they can with what they have and let the chips fall where they may, you know? And so I I absolutely agree with coach Petaway on that. Um, and I think as a coach, you'll be doing yourself a disservice to put your dirty laundry out there like that, even though we're in times today in which people might say it's just best to do that so we can address it. Not not all the time. Sometimes you just got to go with what you got. And I think Landon Bussey is a classic example of that, turning the program around and what he's doing. You don't hear him complaining about much of anything. You know, it's his job mm-hmm. to put the team on the floor and you see the results. And so I right. think that for Coach Petaway's point, he's exactly right. Um, and so we, 
You just got to let let those results stick. And, and I do think that for Coach Woods, that may be a case too. He's just not talking about it. But Roman Banks can answer some of those questions if he chooses to, and whether or not he thinks his coach has all the tools. And, and look, just as a person for me, I, I think that if a coach gets, and I don't think any coach gets everything they want or need right off the bat, but if you have a laundry list of 10 things and if they get the first three or four just to kind of settle them a little bit, I do think that helps quite a bit. And I don't know if that's the case right. or not at Southern University. I don't know. I don't know if Sean Woods is getting his top three or four needs. I don't know. Only Roman Bates can answer that. But I do think that coaches today are not going to put the dirty laundry out there like that if, if they don't have the budget or whatever the case. They just want to go out and coach and win games and right. do the other stuff. And, Charles, you, so you're I absolutely correct. Yep. Because when I was coaching, you never knew this I because I, I didn't say anything. I, I, I did not say anything about it until three or four years after I left the game because that's my university. I didn't want to put them on front street, but I think it's, it's, it's good for people to know. Like, mm -hmm. uh, people were looking for us to be successful even though we didn't have all our scholarships. We never had – I never experienced Division One funded scholarships, never, at Alabama A&M. And they – And guess in, in the last five years – in the last five years, those coaches have got their scholarships, but we never experienced that. So there are a lot of factors that go in why a team is not progressing like the fans and the alumni want, want them to. I just say, look, take a total deep dive into everything before you make your decision. Well, Coach Pedaway, how many champ quickly, how many championships did you win? Well, I won eight of. overall. I won eight overall, but only one in the SWAT now. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, at least that's overall. one, and that's and that's seven overall, and, and and you did it in spite of it. If that's what I'm hearing, correct? Right, right. But but you can't you can't be consistent with that. Uh, if if you don't have every, if I don't have the same things that my opponents have, eventually I'm going to drop mm -hmm. off, man. I'm going to drop off, and that's exactly what happened to us. We dropped off mm -hmm. because when you do a recruiting cycle, that cycle will either up or it's going to keep you in a hole. Mm -hmm. And that's why coaches hope that that cycle will keep you up. But the things that cause you not to have the personnel that you need, that's what has to be looked at. Well, now, now I'm thinking what if, but – what if he does have everything he needs? That that's, that that's I don't know. <laughs> yep. Well, that's what I'm saying. You got to look at both. I guess a deep dive. I, I agree right. with that. And um, you know, maybe I can dig in a little deeper with uh, Coach Banks. But you know, he may not tell me everything. He may not tell me anything. But right, um, right. it's interesting to bring up all of the perspectives. Coach, we appreciate the time. Go enjoy that high school playoff action, and uh, we'll talk next week. Good okay, points brought guys. up. All right. Enjoy. All right. Thank you, Coach. That was Coach Van Petaway joining us on today's show. We're going to take a time out when we come back. Uh, we'll get, and he's been listening, we'll get an AD perspective with uh, Coach, not Coach, Willa Brown. Uh, we'll get into uh, some SIAC basketball action as, as well. You're watching the Carlos Brown Show 
on the Black College Sports Network. The Cuvée Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay, call Cuvay. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear, check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner, check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome It's like a loot machine. Melvin Online Women's Boutique to spice up your closet with trendy, unique looks. We have fashionable and chic looks at very affordable prices. Melvin Boutique offers free shipping all year long on all orders. Shop online at www.melvetboutique.com. That's www.melvetboutique.com. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. Shop Melvin Online Women's Boutique. Ryan Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBNOnline, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. Welcome back to this week's edition of the Coles Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. Join now for the conversation with uh, Willa Brown from Fort Valley State. Willa, good afternoon, sir. Good afternoon, gentlemen. How's everybody? Well, well. I, 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 I'm doing pretty good, although I think I got a little spike in there from Coach uh, <laughs> Fedaway. <laughs> now nah, nah, I'm good. Sometimes you got to get a spike in there. Um, but you, 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 heard, you, you heard the conversation. Um, 
from a director of athletics uh, standpoint, I've kind of talked about him and Charles. He he believes that he may be a bit too soft if he was a director of athletics. I'll probably be a little bit too harsh. But from the perspective of evaluating a coach after a, a, a season, um, taking a deep dive into everything, looking at all multiple factors, then you make a, uh, a decision on continuing with the coach or parting ways. Is there a specific science to it or is it more of a personal thing where you, you, you kind of look at the different factions when you make a decision? Uh-oh, we lost your, your, your audio. There you go. For, for this year. And, repeat that, uh, that Willing. I didn't hear the first part. Hold on a sec. I, I said, can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. Okay. I, I'm saying that obviously there's something that uh, Coach Banks needs to see or something that he's looking for in particular out of this year. And uh, and it, it's got to be something beyond whether or not Sean Woods wins the championship. You know, hmm. I, I would think that his credit up to now, and I don't know what his record is since he's been at Southern, that sort of thing. Uh, you know, is is this the year that he was supposed to win a championship? You know, are there certain benchmarks that he needed to meet along the way that he has not met yet? But, you know, obviously it's something that Coach Banks is looking for. Maybe it's the championship that he's looking for, uh, but maybe it's something else on his list that he's looking for in terms of what's going to determine whether or not Sean Woods gets in, gets an extension. Uh, I don't know his record, so I don't know if he's done enough right now at this time to warrant an, an extension of some sort. But it's something mm -hmm. that Coach Banks is looking for right now. And I don't know if it's a championship. I don't know if that was realistic based off of, you know, the personnel that Coach Woods has in place or, you know, so forth and so on. But it appears to me that if that was not the case, then he probably would have given him an extension before the season started rather than let him go into the season as, as a lame duck coach, which pretty much hmm. affects you in every way possible because, you know, kids are out there watching, you know, you're still recruiting during the season, that sort of thing. And, you know, they, they want to know before they commit or even thinking about committing that the coach that's recruiting them is, is going to be there. So Coach Banks, having been a coach, you know, he understands those things, obviously. And, uh, you know, which is one of the advantages of having a coach as your athletic director. You know, all those things he's aware of and, and he knows full well the importance of. So it's got to mm -hmm. be something else out there that he's looking for that isn't happening or not happening like uh, he thinks it should be you know, prior to him deciding whether or not he's going to extend uh, Coach Wood's contract. Well, I will paraphrase, uh, 
let me use another word. When I interview Coach Banks, and it's been it's been several times, and I think one of the uh, comments he made was it, it was valid in a four five year period to be in the championship conversation and or win a championship. Is that valid? Is that a is that a, a time period to be in discussion? You need to be in the discussion on a regular basis. There's no mm -hmm. doubt about that, you know. And you know, but when we say being in this discussion and winning a championship, we're talking about two different things. Well, you let know, me rephrase so we, it. We compete. Talk. Let me rephrase it, Will. Yeah. Compete for a championship in a four or five year period and getting a, at least a championship in that time frame. Yeah, so it, so it needs to be that needs to be clarified uh, because mm -hmm. to me, you know, I'm thinking if we're in the discussion year in and year out, we're competing year in and year out. We know that ultimately, your audio, Will, your audio went out. Charles, you're looking interested about the about the conversation. Um, and hopefully, we'll have Willer back up in a second. Yeah, yeah I was just—I mean, just listening to to his comments. I mean, it, it, it's a year. It's a constant conversation that you have to have. And again, that's why I'm not—I'm doing—I have a headset on. I'm not—I'm not an administrator, so I'm not in that seat. But it is a year in and year out evaluation. Even though you have a four-year deal, you're meeting with your AD every year at the end of the season, what you can do better, you know, what you can do to improve the program. And so I'm, I'm sure Roman Banks is having those conversations anyway, but I, I think it's, 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 I think it's a tough situation as far as, you know, what, what needs to be done going forward for Southern Am University basketball. Oh. Yeah, you're back. Okay. 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 But, uh, you know, as, as Charles was saying, you know, I, I understand exactly what coach banks is is going through uh like i said he has a matrix of some sort that is guiding him right now and it's something that he's looking for whether it's a championship or whether it's something else you know before he decides whether or not to go ahead and, and extend coach wood's contract we just need to know and find out what that is hopefully coach woods knows and understands uh what mm -hmm. that is you know has the recruiting gone well you know i heard coach petaway say that you know his years at uh a and m 70 percent of his kids needed to be in state and that affected their ability to you know to win championships that sort of thing but i, I think those kind of handicaps need to be put out there you know, in mm -hmm. some way, shape, form, or fashion. Not necessarily the coach to put that out there, but it needs to get out there in some way, shape, or form. You know, because if it doesn't, you know, my mode of thinking is that if I'm giving you 13 scholarships, which is the NCAA maximum, <laughs> then, then I'm expecting certain results because of that. You know, now 
Granted, if uh, I have to say that 70% of your team is going to be made up in terms of in-state scholarships, so that means that if I go outside of that, I'm going at a two-for-one in terms of in-state, so it's going to take me two in-staters to get an out-of-state guy. Okay, hmm. then I need to know that and make adjustments for that, you know, because in all actuality, in the game of basketball, how many quote-unquote horses do you need? I've, I've coached this game, you know, hmm. and to me, if you've got three, maybe four quality, quality players, then you're filling in the blanks with the rest. You know, and, hmm. you know, you're, you're looking more so, in my mind, at those role players. You know, let me go out there and get the good rebounder. Let me go out there and get the good defender. Let me get the good assist man, that sort of thing. Spend my money on the kid who can put it in the basket or the big guy that's, that's a, a good rebounder and, you know, a good defender in the post, you know, that sort of thing. So. I have to pick and choose how I spend that money. So if I have to spend money on an out-of-state kid at the rate of a two-for-one in-state, then you better believe that that out-of-state kid better be spitting bullets when he comes hmm. in, into my program. And I better do my homework, and my coaches better do my homework to ensure that because we're spending so much money on these three or four particular kids, we got to get more bang. We got to get more bang for the buck. You know, so it's ways around, you know, doing that. No, nowhere are you going to find Carlos and Charles 13 quote unquote scholarship players that are worthy 13 horses. You're not going to find it on, on this level. You know, but you want to make sure that you're getting bang for your buck. You know, when I'm spending that money, you know, that I'm spending on quality and not just giving a scholarship simply because I, I have 13 scholarships, if that makes sense. Well, yeah, it, it, it makes sense. And that's a different perspective that I've heard than from previous perspectives. Um, but... <laughs> This situation uh, with, 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 with Coach Woods in particular, if he can make a deep run into, into the tournament, just from my opinion, I think it will ease a lot of the, the, the tension. And I, I'm sure he's not worried about it. He's concentrating on the X's and O's and continue you know, to, to run the basketball program. Um, let me ask you this. And you can put your yourself in, in Coach Banks' mindset. If Coach Woods gets a, a deep run and make it to the championship and he doesn't win it, does that make you have to think about something else as far as when you do your evaluation at the end of uh, the year? Because then he's, he's trending up, but his body of work has been – disappointing and i'm saying that because of the benchmark that coach banks kind of talked about on the show previously 
Mm-hmm. Does it give you something else to to, to add, add to think about? And for me, it's it's going to be the body of work that's going to make mm-hmm. a difference. You know, sometimes okay. you can catch a lightning in a bottle, make a good run, that sort of thing. Does that, in the mind of the athletic administrator, translate into continued success moving forward, or did we just? Mm-hmm you know, catch a good run and, you know, made a good run at it, that sort of thing. So, you know, I would have to take a look at his total body of work. Body of you work. Know, I got to look at the kids and, you know, see what kind of grades they have. Are we graduating kids? Are we retaining kids? You know, are they tearing up the campus? You know, I mean, you know, all those kinds of things that uh, upper level administrators have to look for when they're evaluating the program in its, in its totality. You know, are they going to class? You know, are they are they good kids overall? That sort of thing. And then more importantly, you know, where are we situated in terms of where people are picking us to finish? That sort of thing. Are we, you know, over exceeding our expectations or are we, you know, under underwhelmed? That sort of thing. So all those things have to have to play a part. But it's got to be a body of work. If he catches lightning in a bottle right now and makes it to the championship game, you know, I'm going to give him his just desserts uh, for making it to the championship game. But that's only going to be a part of what the evaluative process is going to be. And, uh, and then we're going to sit down and determine uh, how we move forward from there. I, I, Charles, I think that's a fair assessment. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I do. Um, I, I think that's a fair assessment. Um, I would say because I am a kinder, gentler potential AD that if he does, <laughs> if, if he does, there he goes. Call it where I see it. If 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 he if if he makes a deep run in the if 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 I'm Roman Banks right now, if he makes a deep run in the tournament, gets to the SWAC championship game, as you talked about. Carlos, I think he's good. If he gets bounced out as a three seed or four seed, he gets bounced out in the first round, I got to take a deep look at it. And for me, the key word, I was thinking about it when when, uh, Wheeler Brown was speaking, when you're evaluating a coach, is this coach on the cusp? I was thinking of a word. Is Sean Woods on the cusp of elevating Southern basketball to the next level, or is he on the cusp of a free fall? If he's on the cusp of a free fall, in your opinion, then you gotta you gotta do what you gotta do. But if you feel like he's on the cusp of making it to the next level, which is top two, then you gotta think about giving him some more time. So, I mean, I don't know how. To me, I, I think if if he does a deep run, I think he might be on the cusp of moving up. But if he gets bounced out in the first round, then it could lean the other way, and then some tough conversations have to be had. So that that's kind of the way I look at that situation. Um, because if you look at Southern's program right now, I mean, they're not downtrodden. They're not, uh, they're closer to the top tier. Like I said, in the last hour, I think they're closer to the top tier than they are at the bottom. Because when you make a coaching change, there's going to be some changes. You know, Ole Miss fired their coach last week. The top player in the state of Mississippi was committed to Ole Miss kid out of MRA, a private school. When, when Kermit Davis was let go, that coach, decom- I mean, that player decommitted. He, his his recruitment is wide open. Top player in the state of Mississippi. 
that's just the that's that's the collateral damage when you when you do these things. You talk about recruiting and all of that. So that's you know, I think it's a tough I think Roman Banks is in a real tough spot unless Southern just completely falls on their face, which could happen. But right now they're playing pretty decent. They can go into the tournament on three game winning streak. And you just kind of take it from there. I think Roman Banks has to take this one day, one step at a time. <laughs> I, I think at, uh, at, I, at Charles, make Charles, Charles once again, Charles, make a make a position. You can't go back and forth. Come on. Well, I'm, 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 I'm giving you make both a sides decision. of how, I'm, I'm giving both sides of it. I'm looking, I'm giving both sides of it. But if it's me, I'm going to give him another year. If it's me right now, I, I like, I give to, I like to interject. I like to interject with Charles, uh, if, okay. I, if I may. Uh, I have to look at his total history, not just his Southern University history. You know, I need mm. his Valley history. I need the history of the last job that he had, that sort of thing, because there's some indicators there somewhere in terms of what we could possibly expect moving forward. Now, I don't know, you know, I, I know what happened at, you know, Valley and how that propels him to, you know, the next position. Uh, but I don't know what happened in that particular position, you know, and how that affected him moving forward. You know, was he recruiting good kids there? Was he in the mix in terms of championships year in and year out? Uh, you know, how many years did he stay there? Uh, you know, what, what was the potential for that particular program moving forward? And then I try to traject those things onto where he is right now at Southern. You know, did he make year three at his last stop? How does that compare to year three at Southern? You know, if there's some indicators there that's going to necessarily help to dictate what the path may be uh, uh, moving forward. And I also would say this, uh, if I am not prepared to extend him at least three years, then to me, that means there's a, a question mark heavy on my mind somewhere to the point where mm. I'm probably thinking about cutting some ties here at some point in time. And I, I'm not really, really sure, but I'm going to give him a year or two so I can make up my mind totally in terms of the direction that I need to go in. But my thinking is that if I'm not prepared to go all in on Sean Wood, then I got to go all out. So in you other know, words, a, a, a one-year extension would not be no, suffice for you. that's not going to get it. That's not going to get it for me at all. Not mm -hmm. going to get it for me, and I don't know that it gets it for Sean Wood. I don't know that his recruits get it like that. You know, I think everybody in America that is somebody looks at it like, hmm, I don't know that they really got a whole lot of faith in this guy. They just kind of rewarding him because he made it to the semis or he made it to the championship game. But they ain't really all in with this guy, you know. So if I'm a recruit from the outside looking in and I got two, three years of eligibility left, you know, I got to look at that and say, yeah, you know, 
they rewarded Coach for a good year, but they only gave him a year. So, you know, chances are by the time I get to my senior year, Coach might not even be there, that sort of thing. So, you know, I may have to look at door number two or door number three, you know, as opposed to, mm. you know, coming, coming to Southern. So if you're not going to be all in on a coach, to me, it's just my thought, you know, get out, start over now, rather than starting over a year from now, you know, after you've given him a, a year's grace period, you know, and, uh, you know, you won't have to go through those same growing pains. You might well start painting, growing earlier, you know, as opposed to giving him that year, and then you're going to start the growing pains all over again the year after that. That's just my thought. Interesting. But is it, Go it, all in, is it, is, I'll cut ties. Yeah. Is it? But is it understood, though, that I think from a fan's perspective, for example, Southern University, the Jaguar Nation, Carlos, you could probably answer this question, too. And maybe it's, it's a different example when you use Coach Dooley when you look at the football program compared to when he, when he, where he is now compared to when he took it over, you understand that, like, like, like Wheeler Brown said, cut your losses and, and be prepared to take some steps back. But is that something as a fan base that you're willing to accept? I mean, considering where Alcorn is, considering where Grambling is, are you, because when you're talking about steps back, you don't know how far back you're, you're are you willing to take four steps back now or in the next year or so to take eight steps forward later when we're in a win now culture. Well, let me let me let me an answer that with a question to you. With Alcorn State, Bussy, what what year is this for for him? It's year three. Year two? Year three. Three. So last year, regular season champion. Could be co could be regular season two. What was his first year? What did he do um, his, his first, first year? year his, his first we made it to the first round of the tournament. We we lost uh, we lost in the first round. For first year, that was COVID year. We lost twelve games that we didn't play because of COVID. So we okay. we had a competitive year, but there were some year, there were games we didn't play. And I guess you could use COVID as you could use it for whatever you want to use it for. But we still played competitive. We played hard despite that. But then the next year, of course, we won the regular season in year three. We're on the cusp of it. All right. So let's throw out the first year. Let's compare and contrast the two years with Southern and two years with Alcorn. Um, I won't go into resources because I, I guess I just don't know. But if I compare Alcorn and Southern, Coach Bussy two years, Coach Woods two years, we can't say five for Coach Bussy because he wasn't at Alcorn five years, but the body of work for Coach Woods in five years. But based on the two years, just from what, what we've just discussed, Wheeler, who has done, was an obvious question, who has done a better job? And then well, whose I mean, fan, I, base, I who, whose fan base is more excited? I would have to say probably Coach Bussy has done a better job right now. To me, from the outside mm -hmm. looking in, oh, know, I agree with that. Uh, yeah, and and mm -hmm. I would say, and I would say probably that because Southern overall, I would think, has more resources available to itself as opposed to Alcorn overall. You know, uh, I don't know if the expectations are any higher at Southern. They may be. Yeah, you know, but I mean the, the 
pressure is there just the same, you know, and Coach Bussey to me right now is is going above and beyond where the resources would probably necessitate him being. You know, so, I mean, it's, it's a little bit more difficult, I think, to get kids onto the reservation, no knock on the reservation, than it is to get kids to Baton Rouge. You know, so, I mean, when you, when you look at those kind of things overall, one would say that Coach Woods should have the advantage on a recruiting trail. You know, now, is he fully able to take advantage of his advantages for whatever reason? You know, is there something else going on, like I was stating earlier, that we don't know about? And when I say we, you know, the particular lay people that we are, that sort of thing, is there something inside the program that, that we don't know about? You know, what's, what's the turnover rate? You know, are you losing kids every year? Are kids transferring in and out? Is it a revolving door? You know, I mean, all those things have to go, have to come into play when you're looking at that e- evaluative process. But uh, like I said, for me, you know, for Coach Wood, he, he'd have to do a little better than just getting to the championship game or what have you. You know, I, I need to look deep, deep, deep inside his program and really see what's going on and see whether or not uh, we can project sustained success moving forward. And if not, then I, I bite the bullet. And, you know, if we go backwards a year or so while we, you know, re retool this thing or what have you, then, you know, hopefully I can make a great decision in terms of that next hire. And, uh, you know, the fans will love me when it's all said and done, although they, they may hate me <laughs> in, the, in the short term. But, you know, I mean, that's what you sign up for as an athletic administrator. So, you know, it, it is what it is on that one, I think. And, and let me say this from I, I can only speak for myself and, and, and some of the Jaguar Nation uh, members that I've talked to. The, the one word would be disappointing. Strongly disappointing. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. To, 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 to your point. Yeah, you may. Yeah, Charles said you may have to tear it down. You say retool, but at the end game, and Alcorn took a chance of going back to Alcorn again. They were in the same situation, and they made a hire, and and they made an excellent hire. That's what the facts would say right now, just based on three years, right? Mm-hmm. It's worth the risk. But, but, uh, if, but, it, but Carlos, Carlos, uh, was the expectation? on Sean Woods too high to begin with. That's, now, that's a question good question. That needs to be, that's the question that needs to be answered. You know, were we expecting too much out of Sean Woods from day one? Well, I'll refer I mean, back you know, to... You hire, you hire folk, you hire folk yeah. you know, with the expectation that they come in and win championships and a lot of guys, so forth and so on. You know, but... You know, were, was that expectation too high in the beginning? I'm, I'm going to say from the non-administrative perspective, I'm going to say no, because their motto is Southern is the standard, so expectations are always high. Now, is it reality? 
Sometimes, perhaps not. But I don't I don't think it was too high. There's always a but. Yeah. There's always a but. <laughs> did his resume did his resume necessitate mm. that he was going to be the end all be all at Southern University? Did his resume okay, speak those kind of volumes? to where that expectation should have been made and should have been realistic. That that's that question has to be answered. You know, what went into yeah. that process? What made Mississippi me Valley say State that Sean Wood, yeah, but if I look at Mississippi Valley once again, you know, and I have to look at Stetson outside of that one year. Now let me look at Stetson. Mm -hmm. Let me see you know what Morehead State what screen yep, yep. Morehead yeah. State Morehead State what screams on his resume that this is the guy that's gonna take us to the promised land year in and year out because that's how that thing was being built in my mind mm -hmm. you know that's a valid well, I'll, I'll, I'll mean, take a chance on that one I'll I'll just give my opinion I do and we've talked about mm -hmm. this before that 17 and one record he had at Valley I think that carried a whole lot of weight. He was in the SWAC before under different circumstances, mm. different budget, all of that. He built, he, it, it even though it was lightning in a bottle, if you could somewhat replicate that, not the 17 and one, but 13 and five, somewhere in there, close to that at Southern University, I think the Jaguar Nation would take that and go with it. But it has not Control. happened that way. How, how long? Is that a, uh oh? How that's a one year wonder. Do you how long? How long do you carry that weight? That's that's the thing. That's the only thing. You know how, well, how think, much? I, I think how it, long? <laughs> it's a, it's a it's it's a very valid point. It is because I I think in in this conference we do look at the lightning in the bottles a lot. We do look at lightning in the bottles a lot. You know, as, a, as of we, now, we won, as of yeah, we we you know we won six straight division titles in football, and the last couple of years have not been great, and people and all knights are screaming like heck, like the past mm -hmm. six years when we won division mm -hmm. titles don't even seem to matter. So mm -hmm. you look at you look at the history there, that, and it may be a different comparison, but I think we we kind of look at lightning in a bottle a little bit. And I think Sean Woods being that coach and what he did, people are looking at that. And he has not lived up to the standard. He has not, to me. Um, but I just look at where the program is right now. I mean, they're a three seed. And I, and I think, Wheeler, for what you're saying, it doesn't really matter what happens going forward. They, nope. can, win the, they can win the SWAC tournament, go to the play-in game, do some damage there. Would that would that change? Would, would that ch is if you were the AD, would that change your perspective on on the whole situation going forward? No, I, and and I I don't know I don't know Charles that I would say that it would change the perspective, you know, because mm, there's got to be some kind of got to be some indicators there, okay, mm. that makes me see that these things are not just coming but that they're going to be a reoccurrence on a regular basis. 
and it's not the same system. Is, and I don't know Coach Banks that well. Inconsistently inconsistent. I don't know Coach Banks that well, but it, it's got to be something going through his mind that is telling him right now, I don't know that I can go all in on this guy. And, you know, I, I, would, I would like to hear what he would say. I know he's probably not going to say it for public consumption, naturally. But, uh, you know, we'd just like to know what's, what's on his mind in terms, of, in terms of moving forward. Now, this was his guy, his hire, you know. So, you know, he's got some loyalties there. There's no doubt about that. This is year what four for uh, Coach Woods? Is this uh, year four? Uh, I, I want to say four or five, but I'll, I'll find. Okay. I'll, I'll you know, so double check. So all all the indicators are there, whatever those indicators may be. You, what the Bill Partez says, you are what your record says you are. You know, so I mean, he's he is who he is, and who he's been at Southern for the last four to five years. You know, now, as I look to go all in some more, do I see, you know, the progress that I'm going to need to see? You know, can I envision that? Or do I envision what has transpired over the last four to five years, which, you know, to what you guys are saying, and you, Carlos, haven't lived up to expectations. You know, Southern University standards, that sort of thing. You know, so having said that, are the standards, are the Southern University standards that high that they can't possibly be reached? Or is this not the guy that's going to reach those high standards that we know Southern has and Southern's not going to back down on that sort of thing? Yeah. I'll put it this way. I'll put it this way, Will. A, A championship would have suffice and we might we may not be having this discussion or getting to a championship a, a, throw a couple of record season championships in there and in, 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 a, in a tournament championship or two but that has not been the case C- consistently inconsistent is the way i would well, put well, Carlos, it in. This question. um the contract extension, I didn't know what his contract situation, is this the last year of his deal or does he have another year after this one? I think, and I'm going to check, I think this, he got an extension, I think, last year, I believe. So I think it's a time where, again, it's got to be evaluated. Um, I'll report back next week for certain. So he has another year after this one? I, I No, I think this might be. The, the last year, I think this, this year was extension year, but I, I'll, I'll check for certainty and, and report back uh, next next week. Uh, Willer, can't let you go without mm-hmm. talking about men's and women's SIAC uh, tournament. What Miles and Tuskegee on the well, you got Miles women's and side? Tuskegee on the women's side, and uh, Miles and Benedict on the on the men's side. And uh, Miles is hot. Tuskegee. Tuskegee's women look like a juggernaut. There's no ifs, ands, and buts mm-hmm. about that. You know, I, I, I couldn't identify a weakness all the way around. They're deep. Uh, you know, they get up and down the floor. They shoot the ball well. They got all the, all the pieces in place. I think they only lost like maybe 
two or three regular season games, that sort of thing. So they've been they've been pretty rolling. Uh, Benedict has probably been a surprise. You know, you know they forfeited some games uh, due to an, an ineligible player. Uh, you talking about on the men's side? A bad seed on the men's side, which puts them in a bad mm-hmm. seed. Uh, but the university appealed the decision, uh, and the kid wound up getting his eligibility restored based off a mental health uh, waiver that was filed on. Uh, on his behalf by the university. And the university had the option of sitting the kid for the remainder of the year or putting him back out there and allowing him to play. And uh, if they sat him the rest of the year, he would have had another year to play. They decided to go ahead and, and play the kid and go ahead and finish using up his eligibility. And while I kind of frowned on that, uh, you know, from my point of view, because I would have liked probably to have looked in the future and, you know, kept the kid another year, uh, they decided to go ahead and roll the dice. And, you know, now they're, they're in the championship game. So, I mean, you know, who who knew? You know, obviously they, they knew something that, you know, we on the outside did not know. And uh, so, but they, you know, both, both teams are, are playing well right now. So, Today's going to be really interesting. Who, your prediction, Tuskegee on the women's side, who on the men's side? I think definitely Tuskegee on the women's side. Uh, I, I, I got to say Benedict got lightning, caught lightning in a bottle right now. I, I think they, <laughs> that's they that term again. It off. I think, <laughs> <laughs> I think I think they finish it off, Carlos. I, I think they finish it off in spite of and uh you know try to try to take that next step moving forward. Yeah, Benedict is having some success. Coach Chennis Berry, who in Baton Rouge, you know, yeah. head football coach at Benedict yeah. was at Southern University. Uh, also mm-hmm. uh, winning coach the HBCU Legacy Bowl along with uh Coach Dooley. Hey, give Benedict Benedict College is props. Willer, we'll reach back out to you and see if you're available next week. Uh, we appreciate the time. Interesting discussion. Get the AD's perspective. Charles, what we've learned about on this show, Charles says that he's probably too soft if he's if he was an AD. I don't agree with that. <laughs> I, I think the ploys would love Charles Edmund to death. My, yeah, my employees might like me, but but my president might not. My president might say I'm a little too soft and might, might show me the door. <laughs> well, speak, speaking of presidents, um, President Hudson put on uh, administrative leave at Jackson State. I don't know enough about it. I know of him. I know the situation at Jackson State. It's It's kind of like Southern. It's a tough place. It's a tough place, and they have high standards. So uh, we'll, well, we'll you see know the outcome Hudson of that. Hudson was the he was the IHL poster boy for a long time. Mm-hmm. You know, so now IHL became, that's the he, yeah institutional higher learning in the state of learning. Mississippi. You know, mm-hmm. so I mean, he was the poster child for a long time, even before he became the president at at Jackson State. So you know that lend itself to me to believe that it had to be something serious 
uh, that kind of putting him on the shelf right now. I don't know what. I'm not going to comment any further. I've heard some things, but it's not my place. But when the news hits (laughs) one way or the other, then Mm -hmm. I'll voice my opinion. Guys, it's been an interesting show. I want to thank uh, Melody, producer extraordinaire in the background. You don't get to see her. You don't get to hear her. But we appreciate the job that she does. All of our guests, Charles Edmond, Coach Van Petaway, and Willa Brown. Until next Saturday at 11 a.m., if God says the same. Uh, it's a little bit too early, Charles, for that child. Uh, <laughs> make, sure, make sure you join us right here on the Carlos Brown Show on the Black College Sports Network. Until next time, as always, peace. And God bless. Go Jaguars. <laughs> go Braves. Go for Valley State. <laughs>